Hi, my name is Clark. Hi, my name is Stephen. And I guess that's how we're starting today's episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, this is episode um, three of the Mate Guys, I believe, if you're if you're counting, if you're following along. And today um, we're going to talk about yeah, Uruguayan Mate, which is very delicious and wonderful. Um, but before we get into that, we do have some follow-up from the last episode. Um, first order of business, um, we received no listener mail um and that left me pretty disappointed um not to guilt you who's listening right now but uh yeah mate guys at gmail.com just saying <laughs> but um moving on to our next bit of follow-up um we we mentioned last week um uh clark i think it was we kind of brought up we were wondering if uh la merced had flavored blends and uh, i believe clark dug dug around and what did you find clark um found that they don't have flavored blends um i think we mentioned a few other different um types of yerba last week but they have the de monte de campo barbacoa and organic varieties so, so if you uh if you went trying to find a flavored la merced blend i'm sorry we sent you under wild goose chase <laughs> <laughs> so next bit of follow-up um last time we were talking about uh guayaki and how we didn't really know where they sourced um their yerba from and dug around and pretty much um they have one variety called san mateo and that comes from southern brazil and then every other kind that they sell they just source from anywhere like paraguay argentina southern brazil so not anywhere but it's it's a mix of those three countries only the san mateo seems to be specifically from one country so we also talked about um, Union, Suave Union, or Union Suave, um, and we were wondering if there is a quote-unquote normal version, um, and I think we found that that is the normal version, correct, Clark? Yeah. Yeah, so Suave, it, it, so I think that what it is, it's not Union Suave, it's Suave Union, or something like that, it's, but whatever it is, it's, that, it's not saying that that is the Suave version, it's just, that's part of the name. Yeah. It's just Suave. Um, there are actually only three Union products. There's the Union Suave, there's um, Union Cocido, which is like tea bags, and then they have something called Union BCP, or BCP, and that's Baja Contenido de Polvo, or Low Quantity of Powder. So it's kind of like a dustless variety. Um, there's a pretty popular marketing um, thing that goes around that they say that the, the powder causes like acid reflux or upset stomach. I don't know if it really does, but that's what they say. So they will kind of market these low dust, low powder varieties as supposed to be better for your stomach. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't really know if it's true, but they have that. So yeah, those, so those are the three varieties. Um, and then Clark, I think you did some digging we on the the companies that flash age, correct? I did. Or that do the quick the quick aging. <laughs> yeah. So I dug around and I was trying to find any specific company that flash ages, which means um I mean normally the companies that age their mate will age anywhere from 6 months to a couple years. Um and there's this kind of a speeding up process of that where they will do that, that whole process in, I want to say about 30 days, 30 to 60 days. That's about what I found. Yeah. Um, I didn't find any companies that would own up to actually doing that <laughs> advanced, um, drying or aging process. 
Yeah, because it's sort it's sort of it's not it isn't cheating, but it, it's kind of like cheating. So no one's gonna admit that they're taking shortcuts. Yeah, no one's gonna find anything on that. Okay. But, yeah. And then our last bit of follow up, um, friend of the show, oh boy, Mark. I'm gonna pronounce your last name wrong. Um, Solosinski, Mark Solosinski, the Solosinski. Um, he mentioned on uh, the Circle of Drink Facebook group um, that kind of traditional normal aging kind of the average time is about 18 months for Argentine herbs. And I think in our previous episode, we had said it was something like, I don't know, like six months or something, something like that. I don't know. But yeah, so he said, he said 18 months is pretty typical, pretty common, pretty average normal. And then like the kind of the, the special edition ones will age for up to 24 months, which is pretty common for, for Paraguayan herbs, which we'll talk about in another episode. But yeah, so just wanted to correct that. Um, and not apologize because I don't apologize for anything, but yeah, just just wanted to correct that. Um, and thank you, Mark. Keep listening and uh, eh, don't correct us anymore. Not just kidding, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that leads us to the topic of today: Uruguayan yerba mate. And we are drinking some right now. Um, we are drinking some called Cabral Compuesta or Cabral Compuesta. Um, I would ask Clark to comment on it, but I just realized uh, he has not tried it yet. Not uh, yet. I, I'm still on my first round. So <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> well, we'll have to ask him here in a few minutes once I'm done and I pass it to him. Um, but maybe while I'm finishing off this off, uh, Clark, you can tell us kind of the characteristics of the actual sherba that comes from Uruguay. Sure thing. Um, so the yerba that comes from Uruguay is typically pretty dusty, pretty powdery. Um, there's usually, um, a decent amount of medium cut leaves, um, but it's mostly a, a pretty powdery mate. Um, very few of the, of the little sticks, the palos, um, yeah, most brands you'll, you'll find that they'll have hardly any. And that's pretty typical. It's usually like a, uh, yellowish hue to the yerba. So it looks kind of similar to to uh, Argentine mate, but a little bit. Uh, I'd say it's a little lighter color than. Yeah, and I've I've passed the gourd to Clark, so I guess I'll take over now. Um, yeah, no, I I don't know if I would call it yellow because I don't know. I just when talking about like tea, like yellow is kind of a bad thing to say because it kind of means it's stale or dry. But no, it's it's kind of a you know it's kind of a an olive green. Um. It's a, it's a slightly kind of darker shade than I would say an Argentine Sherba. Um, but no, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very low stick. Um, if there are any sticks, it's like little kind of tiny little splinters, almost like threads of stick. Um, and I think the, the main difference between Argentine and, and um, Uruguayan is just like the flavor profile is just very, very different. Um, Uruguayan mate is really strong compared to Argentine, I think. Um, it's much more robust. Um, much more full-bodied, um, really, really kind of almost like kind of chocolate, dark chocolatey type notes, um, really malty, kind of toasty, um, really, really kind of not for the faint of heart. It's really, really strong. Um, and I know like coffee drinkers, they, they have something called like cowboy coffee, which is supposed to be like really strong. And I guess you could say that Uruguayan mate is kind of the cowboy, cowboy coffee of mate, or the, the cowboy mate. And Clark's making a face. Um, what, what, what did you think of that, Clark? That was really good. Um, 
pretty strong, pretty yeah. bitter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's bitter, but it's it's bitter in a good way. So, um, yeah. So it's a uh, pleasing bitter taste. Yeah. Which which I don't know may not make sense to some people, but it it does if you are you know if you are into that kinds of things. There's many different kind of bitter beverages that people enjoy. But uh, yeah, no, um, Uruguayan sherba I think has a very very usually a very very consistent leaf cut. Um, lots of powder, like Clark said, and the the leaves are much smaller than Argentine. Um, and I feel like Argentine sherba can kind of have a disc, a larger discrepancy in size in in one package. Like there'll be really big chunks and really little chunks. <laughs> where Uruguayan is pretty pretty consistent. Yeah. There'll be kind of these little, even little pieces with, and then with just lots of powder. And uh, I know a lot of Amer- American companies and like we were mentioning, other companies will market as like being ha- like low powder being good. But I think most of us will agree that I think like powder is good because not only does it kind of um, brings more robustness and more flavor it also like just when you're packing the gourd it helps pack it it kind of forms the cement um helps to hold the leaves together i think i don't know yeah no i totally agree with that kind of helps um build up uh, that wall Mm -hmm. in the gourd okay um i think that's about all we can say about the about the herb it's really good i really recommend if you've if you've never tried anything outside of argentine brands i highly suggest you try uruguayan brand um it it may be a little kind of shocking to you i i, I mean we we can kind of tell our story so the first time we tried um uruguayan mate um the first time i tried it it was um the brand called canarias which is a pretty pretty common uruguayan i think it's the most common uruguayan brand you're gonna find around um comes in a bright yellow package um and i bought it um it was like actually kind of a similar story to Cruz de Malta. I bought it because it said Industria Brasileña, a Brazilian industry on it, because it comes from Brazil. Um, that's kind of a an interesting side note that um, the vast majority of herb, of yerba, that they consume in Uruguay is actually grown in Brazil, um, just due to the climate and um, just due to lack of available land to really grow mate. They just kind of outsource it all to Brazil because Brazil has so much land. Um, so I saw that it was, you know, Brazilian industry. And I thought, oh, I bet it's really, really like Shimahong, like Brazilian mate. And I bought it and I took it home. And nope, nope, nope. It was very different. Um, like way, way, way bitter. Um, and the first time I actually had Canarias, um, it actually made me almost sick to my stomach. It was so strong that I, I nearly threw up, um, which I know is not going to make you run out and go tr- want to try it. But um you know, it took me a little bit. It took me a little easing into. Um, I used a, I used very very small gourds at the beginning to kind of wash out the flavor really quick, just because it's so strong. But after a couple of weeks, I got really used to it and really, really, really came to appreciate how strong it was. Um, but it, I mean, it, it really is not for the faint of heart. Um, yeah, like, and and the thing about making Uruguayan mate is like. When you make a, a, a gourd of mate, you, you pour in kind of like some room temperature water, or cold water first to kind of help the, the the actual leaves, you know, soak up a little bit of water and kind of get them to hold their form so that, you know, it doesn't clog. And then when you drink that or you, you suck out that first round um, with the cold water, with Argentine mate, it's it's not pleasant. With Uruguayan mate, it's downright disgusting. <laughs> um, and I know this is probably not making you want to go run out and buy Uruguayan yerba, but... Once you get past all that, it is really, really quite good. I mean, the trade-offs, I think, are worth it. You know, you, you have a, one or two little kind of uh, difficult things, but I think in the end, the flavor is really just worth it. What about you, Clark? Yeah. What was your first experience with Uruguayan mate like? So mine was pretty similar to yours, actually. I uh, 
I got back from Brazil, been back for probably a year. And uh, I was at a local just, uh, Hispanic market and I was looking around and I found some yerba mate, which was familiar to me. I was like, oh, sweet. This is going to be like Shimaho. So I got a, a bag of Canarias and a bag of Rosamonte Suave, which is a, an Argentine brand having mentioned last week. Um, the only gourd I had at the time was a huge Brazilian gourd that can hold about a quarter of a liter of water. Um, so that's what I started out trying to drink Canarias out of. And instantly, it just after probably two or three rounds, it gave me, uh, it really gave me an upset stomach. It was bad. <laughs> and so I tried Rosamonte Suave, same thing. And then I just put it off and stopped and then went back to it after a few months and, and started to kind of grow fond of it and kept drinking it, kept drinking it and <laughs> really, really started to enjoy the uniqueness of it. The, the robustness and the maltiness, um, it's very different from Brazilian Mate, even though it is grown in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's it really does take some getting used to. Um, but no, it's it's very good. I think it actually kind of it pairs what very well with other foods. Like, um, I think it pairs very well with meat. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just because it's like very, very kind of earthy and pungent and malty and creamy and it's just it's just this whole just mountain of flavor and i don't know for some reason it just goes really well with meat yeah one one of my favorite things about the uruguayan mate is just how much foam it produces like when you're pouring the water into the gourd like it just produces just almost like a bubble bath of foam and um drinkers of mate will usually tell you you know the more foam the herb produces the better so you know if you make a gourd of herb you know or if you pack some herb into a gourd and you go and you pour in that first, you know, bit of hot water and you fill it to the top, you know, if it doesn't produce some nice healthy bubbles, you're probably either drinking a sherba that's stale or maybe one that's just not very good. And and not all, not all herbs will produce a ton of foam, but the, the vast majority of the really good ones will produce a bunch of foam in Uruguayan mate, just the nature of the cut and all of that dust just produces just this wonderful, just very, very tight foam. And we'll put a picture in the show notes of what that kind of looks like. Um, and then Clark, I know you, 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 it sounded like you did some research in preparation for this show. Did you have anything mm. else about, oh, yeah. the, about the Uruguayan yerba that you wanted yeah. to talk about? Yeah, I kind of spaced that. Sorry about that. All good. Um, so yeah, I was doing a little bit of research, so I figured, you know, I might as well learn a a little bit more about Uruguayan mate before we start talking about it, before I start acting like I know what I'm talking about. Um, so, like, uh, like Stephen mentioned, most of the mate that come that Uruguay consumes comes from Brazil. Um, I found an article that actually said that about 95% of it comes from Brazil. The other five is like, Paraguay and Argentina. I don't really know how accurate that actually is, but um, I can't say a majority of it comes from Brazil. Yeah, I actually, I actually, when you told me that earlier today, I tried looking to see if I could find any company that mentioned that they use Argentine or Paraguayan herb, and I couldn't find anyone. So if they're yeah. doing it, they're not just 
closing it or maybe mm-hmm. I just couldn't find it. So if someone yeah. out there can tell me of a brand that is Uruguayan in company, like in, in origin, but their their raw material comes from Argentina or Paraguay, drop us drop us an email. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I found that, so there's a company in Rio Grande do Sul, Brazil, um, called Baldo, and they produce um, yerba mate canarias, baldo, esmeralda, and canarita. Um, I've only had canarias, but... I've, and I've actually, I've actually heard from... from I've, I've only had, out of those that you mentioned, I've only had canarias too, but I have heard from Brazilians that that baldo or baudu is um it's it's like ex- it's canarias just in a different package that's what i've heard yeah which which makes no sense to me <laughs> for for a couple of reasons because you can buy canarias in brazil um so but yeah for some reason they they, they do that but eh, it is what it is yeah whatever <laughs> um and then another brand that I actually just started trying out this week called sara um they are produced out of Santa Catarina, Brazil, and they produce, so it's actually a Brazilian Yerba Mate company. So they produced, they produced uh, Brazilian Mate brands, uh, Charme, Pantanal, and Pindare, uh, along with Sara. Um, it seems like Sara is the only Uruguayan type of Mate that they, they export. Um, the rest are just straight Brazilian Chimajão. Um, and then Puritas, they, um, I did, actually didn't figure out what state they're based out of, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, Brazil. And they produce Del Salvador, um, Vigor, and Serrana. Um, I've only had Del Salvador. I haven't had the other two yet. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, we'll we'll talk a bit more about these brands. I know we're throwing out a lot of names. We'll talk, we have a, we'll, we'll talk about more specifically about the different brands, especially the ones you'll find in the United States later on. But I just think it's really mm-hmm. interesting to know, you know, like, like all of it comes from Brazil pretty much like, and like how they divide it. Like some companies will exclusively produce, you know, Uruguayan. Some companies produce very little Uruguayan, but it's a major brand like Sada. But it's just interesting how the different Brazilian companies kind of parcel up the, the responsibility of producing the, the Sherba for the Uruguayan population. And the interesting thing is, you know, Uruguay, does drink the most mate per capita um but the population of uruguay is not that high so um you know even though they do have to produce a lot of mate for uruguay you know i don't think they have to produce too much no yes. but I don't, I don't know maybe i don't know but i mean there there are you know a lot of people in uruguay but you know not like hundreds of billions because, you know, there's not that many people on earth. But anyway, I digress. Um, let's just keep going. Um, so let's talk about kind of the typical gourds that they use in Uruguay. Um, I'm using a, a pretty typical gourd um, right now for Uruguay. Um, very commonly, they're called kind of like the torpedo gourds um, because they kind of look like the ends of torpedoes. They're very kind of just long, kind of taper at the end, kind of like the end of a torpedo, huh? right? Um and occasionally you'll find kinds that look very similar to Brazilian gourds, but um, I feel like if you ask someone to kind of just draw the quintessential, like the most typical Uruguayan gourd, they would draw something like that. That was, that had no kind of flared lip at the top. Just, you know, it's very, it's like just a, a circle, you know, that, that curves up and then just very long and kind of closes at a taper at the bottom. And 
oftentimes leather wrapped or in a metal stand. And I'm sure I'll put a link to a couple of pictures of typical Uruguayan gourds in the show notes. Cool. Um, um, let me talk about the bombisha. Yeah, yeah, Clark. Why don't you talk about some typical Uruguayan bombichas? So they are typically the spoon type bombichas like we talked about last week, maybe. Um, you know, just the oval shaped with a bunch of little holes. Um, I actually found that Uruguayan bombichas tend to be a little bit more curved. Um, yes. more, more, more so than, than Argentine, at least, um, that might have to do with the, the shape of the, of the actual gourd. Yeah, I think so. Cause they're like, they're in, they're like angled at the, at the tip. They, yeah, they're just like, like the, the filter and then long, long tube. And then like, like, I don't know, like 75 degree angle and then mouthpiece. Cause yeah, cause you know, Uruguayan gourds typically are pretty, pretty tall. And then, so they just are long to get up top and once they're out they boom bend into your mouth something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah somewhat similar to brazilian mm-hmm. bombas actually oops I and i just made it. a huge mess oh uh, you did there there's there's i, I just really I really screwed up there sorry guys i'm i know you can't see it but i just blew shit about all over everything um but anyway yeah no another thing i've i've noticed about uruguayan uh, bombichas as uh, compared to um, Argentine is they use much thicker metal. Um, I feel like Argentine ones, I don't want to call them flimsy, but they're kind of flimsy. Um, the metal that they use is the gauge of, of, of kind of tubing that they use is, is pretty thin. Whereas every single um, uniquely Uruguayan bombilla that I've ever seen, it's like, it's, it's thick. So I don't, I don't, I don't know why that's just the style. Um, it, it, but it's interesting. They, they do have a very distinct style. Like when you see a Uruguayan bombisha, you usually can tell, yeah, that came from Uruguay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything more we can really talk about um, with the bombishas. Um, I will say that they are pretty hard to find in the United States, like specifically Uruguayan bombishas. Um, the gourds are pretty easy. You can pretty easily find a Uruguayan gourd, but the bombishas are pretty hard. Um, I actually only own one uniquely Uruguayan style bombisha. Um, and I bought it on eBay and it was just like a random auction. Um, I know Uru shop in the UK sells them. They sell stainless steel models and they are very expensive. Um, <laughs> especially with the, uh, the exchange rate now between dollar and the pound. Um, but you know, I think, I think they're worth it if you are really serious about Uruguayan mate, because I mean, they're works of art, they're beautiful and they're really nice stainless steel. Um, but it's just really hard to find Uruguayan bombishas for some reason. I don't know why. It's like, come on, Uruguay, cut us a break. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you, you send, Uruguayan mate is so easy to forget. You can get Canarias anywhere, but you cannot find like a really nice Uruguayan bombisha. So. That's uh, me. It's... I don't get it. it. Maybe I just need to fly down to Montevideo and just load up a suitcase and bring them out and start selling them in the US. Because <laughs> it's not happening right now. Or, or Uru shop just needs to open a branch in the United States. So, we don't have to pay such exorbitant shipping from the United Kingdom. No kidding. It's actually interesting the the mate culture in in Uruguay. Um, every other country and even in the United States, we people that know about mate, they know it as a communal drink. Everybody gets together, passes the gourd around, you know, just spends time with each other. 
um, in Uruguay is it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually tend to have their own gourds and just kind of do it on their own time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's communal in the sense that everyone is doing it. Yeah. Like everyone around you will have a gourd. But yeah, like it's it's true. Um, I've actually talked to like Uruguayan people. I knew a couple of Uruguayan families. And yeah, like I don't know. It doesn't seem to be. I mean, like they definitely do pass around gourds and stuff, but it's it doesn't seem to be as common as it is in Argentina or Brazil. Like it's, it's usually like you'll do it within families, like not necessarily with your friends as often. I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure many, many Uruguayan people will be like, no, no, no. We all drink it in big circles all the time. But from what I've heard, like it's more common, yeah, like you were saying, that everyone just has their own gourd and their own gourd, their own, ugh, their own, their own gourd, <laughs> their own thermos, all of that. Um, there's even like stations set up around Uruguay, and they have it's just hot water stations. Just mm-hmm. go and pay whatever amount and refill your thermos. Yep, hot water. And I, I do think they do do that in an, um, in Argentina a little bit. Um, I know they do that in Brazil. They do that in Brazil quite a bit. But yeah, Uruguay, Uruguay is especially crazy. Like I said, um, they drink the most per capita of any of any country in the world. Um, and I kind of the 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 most infamous story that you will hear from Uruguay is like um, the people on the motorcycle. The the driver will have the gourd. He'll drink it and he'll pass to his passenger behind him who has the thermos who will refill and then pass back to him all while riding on a motorcycle. <laughs> now, I probably wouldn't suggest doing that, but I mean, if, if you were to do that, I think that would probably be the most insane, like, mate beast type thing you could do. But I, I really would probably counsel against it. I, I, I ride a scooter to work and going 35 on that thing scares the crap out of me. I can't even imagine <laughs> serving and drinking mate on the, the motorcycle. What, what would impress me even more, though, is if they prepared it on the motorcycle, like if the passengers sitting on the back there shaking the gourd, pouring in the water, and putting in the bombisha, like all that <laughs> while they're going, you know, sixty-five on a motorcycle, just be a that, mess. That would impress me, but you know, whatever. It's, but yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm, but I, I must say, of all the countries, I think, and their mate culture, I feel like Uruguay is the one I know the least of, just because, um. Not very many brands are exported to the United States. Um, there aren't that many. I don't know. I just I in I don't know. Maybe this is just my my misfortune. But I've only ever met like two families from Uruguay. Um, I've met a bunch of people from Argentina and the United States. Maybe there's the secret Uruguayan colony in like Oklahoma that I don't know about. But uh, <laughs> in all the, the like kind of the Hispanics communities that I've been around, uh, there haven't been that many, that many Uruguayans. Um, not that there's been like a billion Argentine families either, but at the same time, since we talked about last time, kind of Argentina is like the spokesperson for Yerba Mate for the world, or to the world, I mean. But um, yeah, I don't know, Uruguay, even though everyone knows that Uruguay drinks Mate, like we don't know a ton about it. Yeah, it's um, whatever we can find on the internet or through word of mouth or whatever <laughs> yeah and i mean I, I i have talked to uruguayan so i'm not completely making this up but i would love to go to montevideo or anywhere else in uruguay and just spend some more time and really just kind of get to know their kind of special blend of mate culture just because they drink so freaking much of it down there i think i read like it's i don't know i i, I read i read a figure of like how many like liters a person drinks like two like 2000 liters or something like a year. And that's not the number I made that up, but it, it was a very high number um, per person per year. But yeah, 
I would love to learn more about Uruguay and Mate. Um, I, I would love to make a friend from, from Uruguay and talk more about their Mate and drink their Mate because I really like their Mate. Um, but so if, if you hear Uruguayan or you know some Uruguayan people, mateguys.com or no, sorry, mate, well, yeah, mateguys.com, but uh, mateguys at gmail.com is our email. Drops a line. We'd like to become your friend. For sure. Just, just to extract information from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I think just mentioning, you know, kind of how much we, there is that we don't really know about Uruguay Mate in the United States. I, we mentioned, you know, there aren't that many brands that you can get. Um, Canarias is kind of the brand that you find in the United States. Um, and it, it I th- I'm pretty sure it is the most popular in Uruguay. Um, on the commercials, they always say, Sherba Mate Canarias. El mate de mi país, which means the mate of my country. So they are the self-proclaimed national mate of Uruguay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Canarias is good. It's, it's, it is, I think, out of all the, the brands I've tried, I think it's the most kind of pungent, strong, and bitter. I think it's the least forgiving, but it seems to be the one that you find the most. Um, so, you know, if you find it, just be warned, you know, tread lightly, but it's very good. Yeah. Um, but other, other than Canarias, and they have a kind of a spin-off called Canaria Serena. The package looks exactly the same, except it's green. Um, and that's their, their serene blend, their calming blend, if you will. They put in, like, um, passion flower, mint, um, other herbs that are in there. Um, it makes the taste a little a little more smooth, um, and it's supposed to calm you down. I don't know if it really does, but uh, it's it's fine. It's good. Um, that But you'll find that. Um, but other than the Canarias, the two Canarias that you find... Um, it's really just kind of a mixed bag. Like sometimes you can find, like Clark was saying, Sada. Um, here where we live, I I have not seen a single store that carries it. Um, Clark only got some from the internet from uh, yerbamateland.com, which is run by the same guys who run Circle of Drink. Um, they sell it. Um, and I've seen other people like post pictures, like, oh hey, my local market had it, but I uh, we do not live in in such a blessed area. For Sada, at least. Yeah. Um, and then there's the Sada, and there's the Sada Suave as well. But mm. aside from that, we actually do live in a place that sells a lot of Uruguayan mate. Um, there are these two companies. One is called La Selva, and the other is called Cabral. And there's a store near us that carries almost every single variety of those two companies. Um, so we're actually drinking Cabral today. Cabral Compuesta. Um and the interesting thing of, to note about the company Cabral, I actually looked this up. They do not make a quote-unquote normal sherba. They don't make a traditional one. Every single one of their sherbas is a blend. So I thought huh. that was very interesting. <laughs> Literally, they do not make a normal one. Everything, everything that they sell is blended with other herbs. It's interesting. But yeah, but um, Cabral, they have a they have like an an ideal silhouette, like quote-unquote diet sherba. I think I saw that. Yeah, one. they have a. They have like a, I don't know, they have like one for like diabetes. They have one for prostate health. Um, and I'm not sure if you're supposed to drink that or if uh, you're supposed to make like an enema out of that or like a suppository um, for, for your prostate health. I don't know. But uh, our local market sells that. So maybe we'll buy it and we'll do an episode. We'll do a review on, uh, on uh, Cabral <laughs> prostate. Um, and the other one is um, La Selva. And La Selva is a lot like... Cabral, the majority of their of their varieties are blends. They do have a La Selva Tradicional. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes in a green package. 
and they don't sell it at the store. At least not right now. They I haven't seen it. Um, but we should put in a su- suggestion. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, if they're importing, because they have, so they have like La Selva for anxiety. They have La Selva Epatético, which I don't really know what that means. Um, I don't know. It's some some. It's all you know. It's all kind of the same type stuff. You know, it's for different conditions if you want to juice yourself up or mellow yourself out or i don't know whatever um but yeah it's it's interesting we are lucky enough to have a lot of uruguayan shed about around us but i don't know i kind of wish they sold more of the normal kinds because i want to drink the normal ones i like i yeah. like blends you know you you can still get a pretty good idea of what the shed about tastes like but you know it's just it i'm just more of a i like the traditional just pure mate yeah same here like to see you know the variances and flavors and um just overall uniqueness to every different kind of mate Mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard with with when it's a blend you know yeah um and then i think the only i think the only other um you're going shareba that you really kind of run into a lot is um well not not even a lot is um del cebador which i know clark's a big fan of love that stuff me and my wife just yeah you guys go crazy on it um and the only place i know that you can get it right now i know udu shop um has it but you're gonna have to pay shipping from the uk um yerba mate land had it um and they keep teasing that they'll have it back but i have not seen any indication of when or um and i i've seen shops in canada have it i have not i don't know if i've seen anyone in the united states post that they found it in a shop no i haven't either but yeah del salvador is kind of interesting it tastes very distinct it's i don't know it's really good it's really kind of smooth and soft and kind of just toasty and warm and malty and creamy and delicious and it it is kind of polarizing though because i don't to me it almost doesn't even taste like mate like like it does and it doesn't like it's just so distinct it's super unique like i haven't had any i mean the only other mate i've had that's comparable is uh sara okay yeah but I, even I, then what, what about this cabral that we're drinking i think this, this tastes it, it's in that ballpark yeah no it's it's Similar. Yeah. It's similar, but like... It's still not quite. Del Salvador is really, really unique. And that's kind of polarizing. I know a lot of people that like Canarias hate Del Salvador because it's so different and distinct and they, they like things that kind of... Um, that fall in line with quote-unquote more, you know, traditional mate or from Uruguay. But, um, yeah, I think that's the... I think that's all the brands that I know of. Um, well, yeah. oh, mm. The only other one, the kind of the oddball, is um, Barão Export. Oh yeah. So so what it is is Barão is a Brazilian company. Is a they make Shimahong. Um huge huge producer of Shimahong. They make some of the most most well known Shimahong. We'll talk about them, I'm sure, more in depth during our Brazil episode. But they produce small quantities of a brand, or a, I keep saying brand of a variety that they call Barão Export. Literally export, like in English, export. <laughs> Not, well, I mean, guys, I guess they would say exporti, but um, it's a Uruguayan style. Um, it's very, it's it's very interesting. It 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 tastes more Brazilian than Uruguayan, even though it is a Uruguayan style. It looks like Uruguayan herb. It tastes like Uruguayan herb, but it, there's something about it that makes me say 
this is distinctly Brazilian. Yeah. Not like this is distinctly Uruguayan. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. It's just their way of processing it. That's just like their way of kind of trying to give it a similar taste and everything like uniqueness, like mm-hmm. you like um, Uruguayan mate. Um, but it still has that unique Brazilianness to it. It's hard to explain. Yeah. The weird thing about it though is if you read the packaging, it makes it sound like they make it not to export, but they make it for the local Brazilians that like Uruguayan mate. There is a small kind of subculture of Brazilians in southern Brazil that prefer Uruguayan mate over Brazilian mate. So I feel like Barão kind of made this to kind of get in that market to kind of they they saw that gap in the market and they're like, "Well, we can we can have the Uruguayan company stealing that, you know, segment of the market, or we can just produce our own Uruguayan variety and call it export to make it sound like it's Uruguayan. I don't know. It's really confusing because, like, if you read it, it's, like, very specific language. It says, like, it's for those that prefer the flavor of Uruguayan mate. It doesn't say, this is for Uruguayans, <laughs> which I think would be the normal thing. And and I also think it's funny because, like, it part of the, the packaging is in Spanish, but there's some interesting typos. That makes me feel like they didn't try very hard to like actually sell it in Uruguay. And I've only ever heard of it being sold in Brazil. I don't I've never met a Uruguayan that had drank it. It's possible maybe just like on the border towns between like Rio Grande do Sul and Uruguay, they might export a little bit. I don't think it's exported very widely to Uruguay. No, I mean the only places I've seen other than Brazil is Germany and Florida. Yeah. Product Monte Bar. Yeah, it's it. It's a, it's kind of an underground, kind of lesser-known herb. Um, I've only ever seen it in person in Brazil once or twice. Um, they don't sell it very many places, I don't think. But yeah, it, it's kind of an interesting, kind of weird, like straddling the lines of where it is distinctly a Uruguayan brand, but it's kind of more marketed toward Brazilians. I don't know. It's weird, but I guess that's the only other Uruguayan stuff that I can I can even think of right now. Yeah, same here. And, uh, well, that's about it, I guess. Um, we've talked about all the brands. We've talked about the gourds. Um, I don't want to get kind of too into reviewing specific Uruguayan brands because uh, that's we've got that kind of in the pipeline. We want to do that on a, on a future episode, reviewing specific brands. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is uh, Uruguay is very underrepresented. Underrepresent... There's a... <laughs> They're very underrepresented. What was that right? Other underrepresented? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I my brain my brain died there for a second. Um, <laughs> and uh, I I would love for different brands to be exported too. But it, yeah, I, I don't even know. Like I know there's like a, a billion and one brands in in Argentina. There's a, a billion and one brands in Brazil. But as far as I can tell, there's like 15 brands in Uruguay, and I I really can't believe that's true. Um, I really cannot believe that. I really think that I just, that we're just clueless and that information has not graced us, that it's not made this far north. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. It's just, I don't know how to research, <laughs> how to look up. Yeah, I need to find some different. guys. I know a couple of guys that, that lived in Uruguay for a while. Um, I'll have to ask them. I don't think they're too much into mate, but I'll have to see. I just, I just need to make friends with some Uruguayans. So calling all Uruguayans who live in the greater tri-state area, um, hit us up and be our friend. We, uh, we want to get to know you. And like we said, extract your information. <laughs> <laughs>
But um, I don't know. Do we have anything else? Is that is that about it, Clark? Did you have anything else you wanted to say about your going mate? I don't think so. I mean, I wish I had more information, but I mean, I kind of dished out everything that I discovered. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah. So sorry. We'll uh, we'll get on that and learn more about Uruguay, and, and hopefully we can do a Uruguay part two with all the new information that we've learned. Um, but uh, I guess next week we'll talk about um Paraguay. Paraguay. We're gonna talk about Paraguay next week, so um, that'll be good because I do know I do know about Paraguay. I have very nearly been to Paraguay. I've very nearly been to Paraguay. I have been to Argentina. But I've never stepped foot in Argentina. I've been in Argentine water, <laughs> but I've never stepped foot on Argentine land. Um, and I've been about four blocks from the Paraguayan border. Um, so very nearly. I was very nearly there. It's close. Um, and we'll talk about Paraguayan mate next week. Um, but uh, I guess that's it. Um, thanks for listening. Adios. Until next time, and don't forget to email us, mateguys at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, corrections, whatever. And if you want to sponsor the show, you can always sponsor the show. We will we will read your sponsor read and accept your sponsorship. So um, all of you people who sponsor or have money or even products, we will take we will take free yerb in exchange for for promoting your business if we deem it if we deem it a business that we want to be associated with. I can't think of one that we wouldn't want to be associated with, but I don't know if the, if the KKK decided to start producing mate, we would, we probably wouldn't probably, we probably, away, we probably wouldn't, wouldn't, in, wouldn't endorse them, read their sponsor. Read, we probably wouldn't. No. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we will we'll accept offers from anyone and we'll evaluate on a case by case basis. So yeah. So feel, feel free to reach out to us if you want to sponsor our show. Um, and I guess that's it for real this time. Cool. See ya.